The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, my home base. As you know, if you've been tuning in, I am absolutely and completely obsessed with the world of work and how meaningfully how people meaningfully connect to it. My mission is to bring you guests of all ages, backgrounds, and professions to share their experience and lessons learned in the hopes that you'll gain something valuable for your own career and maybe even be inspired to take your own next big step. Last week, we spoke with Nancy Shugart, who is now an author, professional speaker, and trainer, recognized community volunteer, and the CEO of a company called Prove Them Wrong. She has gone blind at the age of eight, and she wasn't expected to amount to much, and so she surprised everyone with her tireless pursuit to complete school and then college and then go on to achieve her dream to become a public school teacher. And, of course, she shared that wonderful story, and she encouraged us all to prove them wrong. If anyone tells us we can't achieve our dreams, so it was a very compelling and inspiring interview. Good time for everyone there. This week, I think we're in for a bit of a wild ride, so to speak. With us is Gavin Doyle, age 17, who joins us from San Francisco, California. Gavin is the editor of DisneyDose.com, the website that focuses on educating the Disney enthusiasts through exclusive interviews, breaking news updates, and photos from Disneyland. Gavin is also the host of the Disney Dose podcast, where new interviews with Disney Imagineers and others who helped create the magic are shared frequently. He and his site, DisneyDose.com, have been featured in outlets including Forbes, the Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed, excuse me, and the Los Angeles Times. He has a new book out called Disneyland Secrets. All this before he's even graduated high school. I'm glad to have you with me, Gavin. Welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you again for reaching out. You are welcome. It's going to be great gobs of fun. I think I have a lot of questions for you in this short hour we have together. So I'm going to go through and, and see what all I can learn about you in this time together. But before we get into all the things you're up to these days, Gavin, can we talk about first things first? Where did your interest in Disney come about? I understand that when you were four years old, you were enthralled with Main Street USA. Is that how it all began? What's the story? So I think most importantly, it's, it's a firing passion that I still have for Disney. It's grown much more from an interest. And, and the way that started was definitely back, yes, when I was four years old. I, can, I don't remember much from that first trip to Disneyland, but there's still that feeling of, of love and looking back. And I, I have these certain memories from that first trip. I know that it was a wet, kind of wet day in Disneyland. There was, it was raining. Everything was kind of gray. 
outside, but then the second you stepped in, it didn't matter that it was raining. It just made the colors more vibrant, and the world came to life. And this, the magic compared to like, kind of like this rainy thunderstorm was such a transition that it was so enthralling when I was four, just seeing these colors, and it was just beautiful. And from there, my obsession has grown uh, over the years, and every year we go back to Disneyland because my birthday has been on, is not on New Year's Eve, and so my parents were always like, well, we can't go to a party and leave our four-year-old. It's his birthday. Like, they kind of feel guilty <laughs> being out without me. Uh, so kind of the, that's how the first time we ended up going was uh, my parents took me to Disneyland for the first time when I was four. We've gone almost every single year to Disneyland. One year we went to the Aulani, their resort in Hawaii, on my birthday, on New Year's Eve, almost every single year. We go down, we stay, stay in the hotel and spend multiple days just enjoying everything. It's incredible family time, uh, incredible time together, incredible happiness. So that's really what I associate with it. And so those strong feelings have always been kind of the way I look back and think of Disneyland. Now, as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm more and more interested in the way things work, the people behind the scenes, the people who make the magic. And this is kind of really, this has become what I've wanted to do. This is what I want to do when I'm done. When I'm done with my website, when I'm out of high school, when I'm out of college, I'd like to go work for Disney. And so even when I was in fifth grade, I wanted to become an Imagineer. I, was, I drew things out, in, the, out in, the, uh, in our garage. We built, I built models of theme parks out of cardboard. I, I had a huge model train set that I made and themed to Disneyland. Uh, I just loved building things, and I loved the concept of being able to create a world. Mm-hmm. And from there, I've totally continued this love of the company and love of the products they create. Then when I was 12 or 13, I kind of really wanted to do something. I I wanted to start a business. I wanted to kind of, I had an entrepreneurial spirit forever. I was, uh, I did lemonade stands and from lemonade stands, I kind of said, well, I want to start a real business. One that that goes all the time. So my mom said, well, you love Disneyland, like, do you think you could help plan people's vacations? So in the beginning, I planned people's vacations in our town. Uh, I, like, did whole strategy guides for people and for our family, and people paid me to lay out their whole day based on the strategies we had from going on New Year's Eve, which were, in fact, the most crowded days of the year. So that turns into a perfect schedule for people who are going on any crowded time to, to get everything done. And so from there, I, I kind of said, well, I read these blogs online about Disneyland. I wonder if I could do my own. And that's kind of where I got to starting my website, DisneyDose.com. Wow, that is so incredibly impressive. I, I, of course, your, your grandfather, Roland, who is our, our common connection here, has bragged about you for years to me when I visit him. So I'm not super surprised to hear this. But hearing you narrate it, Gavin, is really impressive. Well, thank you so much. It, it really was just a fun childhood for me. I, I loved trains. I, I played with the, the little 
Do you remember that? I'm sure people remember the Thomas, the tank engine yes. sets of wooden wooden toys. I still have all those. I was just thinking about for this Christmas wanting to to take the uh, box and take it out and play with it when everyone's open after opens after everyone's opened their presents, kind of to go back to those good old days where the whole family got on the floor and we all made these elaborate sets of train sets with w- the wooden tracks and just ran ran trains through them all day. <laughs> you know what I, I'm, I'm really appreciating about this conversation already, Gavin? It's just the joy that you have about life, you know, the joy of the vive, if you will. That is, it's beautiful and so wonderful and, and frankly refreshing because a lot of times we do run into people who've lost that. So I, it seems like you're on some track to help people maybe regain that or retain that. Is that true or what is it? I think that's one reason, another reason that I connect so much with Disney and with Walt Disney. He had an idea that everyone had a child within them. Mm. And it's feeding their inner child and it's always going to be there for their whole life. Uh, And how can we bring that out? Everyone's a child that's just grown up. How do we go back to when you were a child, everything was so simple? How can we make life that? fun forever. Mm, I love that. I'm also very, very silly and giggly too, and I'm 50, so I'm still a child. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's talk about the, your, your Disney Dose website. I, I really want to understand all the things that you do there. It, from what I understand so far, there's many hats that you wear. I know that you write articles and weekly newsletters. You produce videos. You conduct interviews with various Disney Imagineers and other people, which are shared via podcast. Uh, can you say more about these activities? What are you? How often are you involved in these? How much time do you do these sorts of things? And and who benefits? Who 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 chimes in for these things? I think to talk to explain how we get here, I'm going to back up a little bit okay. to when I started my internet ventures. I started a second website doesn't need to be named that's uh, no longer with us. And what that was is. I saw all these other huge news sites reporting on Disney, and the way they did that was sharing press releases and, or rewriting press releases, basically, and sharing the same information. So I said, oh, well, they have hundreds of thousands of viewers. Well, won't that work for me? Well, it didn't, obviously. They had tons of viewers already and tons of, of people there going to their sites already. So at one point, I was writing three art- new articles a day, Frantically, that was all I was doing after school. Uh, I would get home and be like, I need to get the articles out now. They were terrible quality. I got to the point where I was just taking other people's ideas and work, which I would never do now. And it really just got to a bad point where I decided I was going to stop. So I stopped the website. I shut it all down for a while. I had a bad go-through with Google AdWords and stopped all of that and but then I, when I was done, I kind of missed, missed what I had been doing. Like I, I missed the, the, the connection of being media or of writing. And so I said, well, well maybe, maybe it wasn't having the website at all. Maybe it was having do, – maybe I was doing it wrong, basically. So I came back and said, how do I make myself different? Well, I think I need to really write more – what I'm passionate about, in the beginning I was writing more about Disneyland and Walt Disney World, which is over in Florida, and trying to cover everything Disney. 
Well, now I've kind of taken a step back and said, well, I'm not the huge sites with tons of writers, which at one point I did have. I had four writers working for me at one point, uh, and they were writing articles as well and getting news out and writing about Disney World, and I was trying to cover both coasts. And we're just, we weren't that size at that time, and I, I jumped in too deep. And so I realized that I should be writing just about what I was passionate about. So I said, okay, I'm going to focus on everything Disneyland. What are the people who go to Disneyland passionate about? So it could be Disneyland and then Hub and Spoking out from there. I write about the movies. I write about new products, which I am just so excited for. I write about, uh, obviously, the theme parks, different products, food, uh, things that people who go to Disneyland in Anaheim, California, will love as well. So that's kind of how I've gotten to where I'm creating this content today. Okay. I love that story. And you know what's great about it is here you are, only 17 years old, and you've, you learned some already very valuable lessons in business. That's just, it's terrific, Gavin. It's really, really impressive. And and the fact that you could realize, yep, I've bitten off too much or this is more than I want. And also the fact that you could say, you know what, what's missing here partly is I'm not writing about what I want to write about. It takes a lot of us adults to figure that out a lot later in life. So kudos to you for getting it so quickly. <laughs> Very well, quick along so the much. way. Sorry, I, what was that, Gavin? Another, I have another lesson for you, kind of. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, what, for sure. What, oh, I, another one I'm sure you'll, sure you'll love. But what, what happened was in, in that time, we got a huge audience. We realized that they liked what we liked as well, so we kept doing that. But then in refining that, after years of doing this, we finally asked and sent them out a survey. And people answered the survey and said, well, we, we like the breaking news and the rumor stuff you do. We like that. But we also we want more Disneyland secrets. Like we, I love those little history things you write about occasionally. And I, I was doing that barely at all. I would do stuff and feature stories from, like, you, you want backstories on things? Like, yes, it's interesting. Like, I, I love it, but I didn't think it would appeal to people. Uh, and so I'm kind of scratching my head there. I said, well, maybe I'll do a book on that. So this is two summers ago, and I, I did a, a, uh ebook online. I just did a 50-page ebook and sold it as a PDF. Had about 200, 150 people buy it over the course that it was available and was very successful. And so it was successful for what I wanted it to be. And so a publisher then comes to me and says, or talks to me, and we, I say, well, th- this is a book that's been successful. Like, what do you think? And he said, wow, that would be a great book for us to produce here. So I had a, a small pub, travel publisher want to publish it, and he said, you have one problem, you have to triple it in length. So I take, take this 50-page book, and I, it, has, it turns out to be about 170 pages. And I did a ton of research, worked with, did more interviews, took more information from previous podcast interviews we had done by that time, and put it, we put it all together, and that's how it was ended up and been our, our new book. And so over all that time, I, I wrote more about Disneyland secrets, I wrote more about the book, and wrote more about the things that people wanted to hear. So really, I've, uh, since that first survey, I've done a couple more and found, wow, that's so interesting that you're an annual pass holder, or you, you're, we have a lot of cast members who, cast members are Disney's employees, actually reading the website quite a bit. So 
that was really interesting to find in the survey when it did kind of a who's who's out there, people, like and send in your results. Uh, so seeing those answers has really guided the way we do business and the way we create content and interact with people is seeing who is out there behind that blank screen, which I have to sit down and write on. Mm-hmm. What a concept, talking to your customers and asking them what they want, right? That makes so right. much sense. So what you're talking about then, are you talking, and make sure I understand this, Gavin, are you talking about your, how what this, all this work has resulted in your book, Disneyland Secrets, or something else? This is all that work has then resulted in my book, Disneyland Secrets, which just came out this last July. Okay, that's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure because yeah. uh, that's it would make the most sense given what you had said there in terms of time-wise, unless, of course, you are able to write in your sleep, which I'm starting to think maybe you can, but <laughs> um, it would make a lot of sense here. Um, if you believe it or not, we're already ready to go into our first break, Gavin. All that went so fast, so hang tight for just a second. It's time for a short break. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Gavin Doyle, the editor of DisneyDose.com and the author of Disneyland Secrets. We've been talking about how he got into his work, where his passion began at the tender age of four. After the break, we're going to learn more about his heart of an entrepreneur and what he expects to do with the business. Stay with us. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Do you feel alone? Even when you're surrounded by others, do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April J. Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to help you find out who you are. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. 
Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, my home base. With us today is 17-year-old Gavin Doyle, the the editor of DisneyDose.com and the author of Disneyland Secrets. He is also the host of the Disney Dose podcast, where new interviews with Disney Imagineers and others who help create the magic are shared frequently. He joins us today from San Francisco, California. Let's pick up where we left off. Before the break, we were talking about how you got into this this business, how you how you started this, and some of the your earlier entrepreneurial pursuits. And just before the break, we were talking about this brand new book that you've just birthed and released, Disneyland Secrets. Um, we just kind of teased that up before the break. I think listeners would like to hear more about that book. It sounds like the name says it all, but what's in that book? 170 pages of Disneyland Secrets. Give us some ideas, would you? Absolutely. So it's the full title is Disneyland Secrets, A Grand Tour of Disneyland's Hidden Details. And in there, we dive into the stories behind the details within every land of the Disneyland Park. And it's a perfect book to take with, have with you at home when you're reading the book and you, you say, wow, I'm, I really need to go to Disneyland, or I'm, it's fulfilling my passion for Disneyland just reading this right here. Or it's the perfect book to have with you in the park as you're touring, because I think that learning the history of any place improves your appreciation, your knowledge, kind of the, your happiness to be there. The more you know about anything, the better it is, I think. So what the book format is, is it each secret has a page, and we go and we pick out an item. For example, the flagpole in Disneyland, the base of the Disneyland flagpole, is in fact an old light post. And that light post is off of Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles. And a Disney designer is driving past the light, driving past this, this uh, light post that has been knocked over in an accident. And she immediately buys, or he immediately buys the light post as scrap for $5 and installs the light post as the base of the flagpole, just because they didn't have anything yet. So it's little <laughs> stories like that throughout the, for, throughout the park, 167 pages of it. We talk about the, why, how there's a no-fly zone over Disneyland and why there's not one over Knott's Berry Farm and Universal, how they were able to swing that through politically with the U.S. Uh, we talk ranging from that all the way to why is, 1313, the address of Disneyland. Why is there a menorah on Main Street? We So covering all of these different things, where you can see original concept art for attractions inside of Disneyland, inside Disneyland Park, which ride queue it, you can find that in. Uh, just tons of different information with every angle that people... What I've been most proud of is people who are Disney fans and people who, are, for the first time, are saying they love the book and finding out things they've never heard before. So it appeals to the person who's been 20 times and the person who's never been. Mm, that's, that's a remarkable accomplishment. And how, how, Do you have any idea about how many hours it took for you to produce that? Any idea at all? It, it's really hard for me to place because we actually do a podcast I think we're, we're, I just released episode 31, and so that's, there's a ton of time right there, and yeah. every, every, almost every single one of those interviews contributed something to the book. Then there's a ton of research of, that I did unconsciously, like not thinking about it, because 
Uh, every day when I'm running or when I'm driving, I'm listening to someone else's Disney podcast and getting ready and learning things myself. So I, I have new guests, new information, new, new things to share. Uh, so that's all research as well, and I sometimes mm-hmm. have to pull over in the car and try and write jot things down, uh, <laughs> the new stuff I want to share. Uh, or and then there's re- reading of books, which I, I've read a lot of Disneyland books and Disney history books over the years. Some of the, inf- the best information from those books is also put in this book. So all of these different, and then there's me going to Disneyland which I've always considered research uh, and talking to cast members and riding attractions. I know I live a hard life, but uh, (laughs) so the hours of it have really been a lot of fun. I would say there were probably 10 hours of like 15 hours of really hard work of, editing and putting it all together and just sitting down and saying, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to put this all in on a page one together and start sending it off to people to fact check things. That also, as, as you can imagine, it's not a motivational book like a business book. It's a, something that I need to check the facts because when it's out there, even if I release another edition later correcting something, there'll always be that, miscor- this, that incorrect thing along with my name. So I was really, really anxious to try and fix all those things, that maybe stuff that had been wrong in that first PDF version I created two years ago. Mm. I am so glad you shared all that with us, Gavin, because I think a lot of us don't really understand what's involved in a book. I am writing a book as well, and I certainly have an idea. But when people hear someone like you maybe say, well, I've just released a book, what does that really mean? Did I just whip this out in my spare time? No, a ton of research went into it, and I love the idea of the fact check that you're doing. It's just really um, an impressive overall work. So I'm glad that you shared that with us. It's important for listeners to understand what actually went into that book. Absolutely. But I think it's totally worth it based on the fun that I had putting it together. If you write on a topic you love, it just brings you closer to that topic. And it's also rewarding for you uh, saying, I have accomplishment, I I have accomplished this. And then also for others coming and looking, saying, wow, best-selling author Gavin Doyle in some cases. Uh, It's been really incredible seeing that response. So, for example, at, uh, at school, I still have teachers who don't know about it yet, uh, or friends. some friends know about it and some don't. So when, when kids ask about it, I'm like, I am so excited to talk about it, but it's funny because not every kid in school has a, a published book. I would say not. I would say that and every kid can really understand that or relate to that, I'm guessing, too. Right. That, that has been... It's funny you ask that or bring that up because that is something that has always been a problem. I've been doing this since the year before my eighth grade. Yeah, the the summer before eighth grade is when I started the whole thing. And it's hard to say for someone to say, oh, I had such a hard night because I was uh, doing all this homework. Well, yes, I did all that homework, and I also – was dealing with interview requests and timing things and getting something edited, and I had to finish up that article, and oh, also I had to get my final edition of my book in last night. Like, <laughs> it's just, I would, I would say, the, I, at school, in the past, I've always stopped my sentences with, oh, yes, I just finished, I 
had to finish that homework last night too. Like that was awful. I, I yeah. just wouldn't talk about everything else because it was so different, so beyond kind of the worlds of all my all my friends. I just was. I just stay an average teenager at school. I'm, I'm a rower. I am on student council. I am a great member of my high school community as well. So I've just never felt the need to bring all my Disney stuff in with me. I really have two sets of friends, one at school and one online and at the fan conventions and all the, the events and stuff we go to. It's impressive that you can compartmentalize those two worlds as you do, Gavin. And I totally understand, you know, when you are a young man who's clearly, you know, working on uh, on a totally different time frame than your peers in, in regard to your motivation, your talents, your passions, how you spend your time, it, it is hard to relate to those people. And I totally get that. And I really applaud that you've been able to stay on task and stay on stay on this as you have and, and having done what you've done. It's It's really impressive. Well, thank you so much again. It's it's really just been a way way I've ended up living with it. It's not I've never seen it that way, but I looking back, I have always been amazed that that people are for example unable to get enough sleep uh when they're not doing all these other things, um which I know they are. So it's it's hard for me to say that they're not doing other things because all my classmates are just as incredible in their own ways and doing their own activities, but it, it's just different because so all of us do so many different things, and I know other people live the same way, that they just, we have our things we talk about at school, and then all the other really cool things that we'll only ever hear about when we read each other's college applications. Right. <laughs> That's exactly it. Well, along those lines, one of the things that, that, that I, I think I learned about, too, that I'm, I'm finding quite intriguing that might also be relative to this kind of quiet um, aspect of you is I understand that you are donating 15% of your profits from the book to support Make-A-Wish Foundation, and I think that's a charity that actually sends children with life-threatening diseases to experience Disneyland. That is um, remarkable, so I guess I want to understand how would you get that idea, and um, why is that important to you? Well, I think that any business should have a charitable cause behind it. I've Mm -hmm. always said, and I've always volunteered at a local shelter near us called Envision Shelter Network. They're a group of shelters. They they have children's programs. They have family shelters. They have adult shelters. I've worked at the children's summer camp shelters and in their main administration offices as a uh, marketing intern a little bit over the last couple summers. And I've loved just seeing the happiness on these children's faces, even after the such tough times that they've gone through. And I didn't really see it as an option to make that charity the charity that we support with DisneyDose.com because they're not a national charity. They're not a global charity. They're right here in the Bay Area in California. So I continue to support them so strongly here. But I felt like with the website, I needed someone that everyone who was coming to could connect with. So what I ended up doing was saying, okay, what is something that makes people happy? What's something that relates to Disney? What's something that has children in it? Because I, I, I've always loved seeing the happiness on kids' faces. So I ended up with Make-A-Wish Foundation because that's the clear 
choice winner here of they send kids to Disneyland, they grant wishes all over the all over the country. Kids wish for things basically, and then the foundation then comes and grants it and says, "Okay, you want you want me princess for a day? Okay, you're princess for a day," and they make an incredible experience. So when my first book paycheck comes and when my ebook paychecks came, I was always able and it was really important to me to just donate towards the success of Make-A-Wish Foundation. Mm-hmm. I, I think that is uh, very forward thinking. Did you have any help in that? Was this your own idea? Is this something that people around you encourage you to do or where did the idea come from? It's really hard for me to say. I, I believe I believe it came from both my mom, who's in marketing and knows all this, and I may have come to her with an idea, and then we kind of got to, okay, this is what we'll do. But I'm pretty sure it came from lots of me reading lots of different business material and listening to business podcasts. And I just heard one one time where they, they were talking about, well, how, how can we... Like, like improving the sale in two ways. How can we get people to buy and get the sale to do something better? And what I, I found was, okay, not only does this 15% help the, the kids in, at, at Make-A-Wish, but it also gets more people to buy and makes the people who are buying feel better. Because who doesn't want to support Make-A-Wish? So I have always seen... That this kind of social responsibility from companies has re- been so rewarded by consumers. So I don't understand why more businesses aren't finding the ability to donate funds for things or going out and finding a project that pertains to them. Find find the thing that if you sell refrigerators, okay, donate refrigerators to um, who I, th- I believe it was Whirlpool who donated refrigerators to uh, Habitat for Humanity. Mm. So for putting one, one of their refrigerators in every single one of their new Habitat for Humanity houses. And that's great because who, who else cares? Almost every other refrigerator is exactly the same. Like, they, they're all silver and big. So having <laughs> one that will make me feel good inside my heart because I'm, I'm supporting a company that supports Habitat for Humanity, makes me much more likely to purchase that one. So that, that's kind of the business side of it. But it's also I'm, I've always just wanted to find more ways to donate, to support local causes, and to support national causes. Okay, great. Makes sense. Uh, but I'm not super surprised because a lot of folks in your, your generation are, are certainly getting that concept much better than some of us along the way who learned it as we got older. So I'm not surprised to hear you say that. But you did say something that I do want, I want to drill down on if you don't mind. You mentioned your mom. She's in marketing. I have been curious to understand how your, your parents or your family have, have related to your endeavors over the years. Are they, were they reserved at first? Were they worried about you? Did they think you were you know, too busy? Or how has it been with your family with regard to your, your interests and your endeavors? Oh, it has been fully supportive since day one. When we, I, I remember the moment we were in the back of Fantasyland at Disneyland, rounding a corner, and I was kind of chatting with my mom about this, and my dad and my sister were kind of up front. And as we're rounding the corner, we come up with you. You could plan Disney people's Disneyland vacations. I was like, 
I could. <laughs> and, and she was like, yes. And so we, we both kind of connect on that. And like, and full four, like when we get home, we, we're doing a Hillsborough, we're doing a uh, Craigslist ad and putting this out there. Let's go. And so we, I, we kind of are both like, just getting more and more excited off each other. And then my dad hears about it, and he's just been, they've both been so supportive the whole time, obviously hoping and helping me to grow. Uh, my dad and I, the last three years, have taken a trip down to L.A. together the end of August for two of those three years have been for the big D23 Expo, it's called. It's like Comic-Con for everything Disney, where they have tons of huge announcements and time to, for media to do interviews and lots of big presentations. So we've gone down for that as media the last couple of years. And then he's always been there with my, by my side all three days. Uh, and then last year, we just went down together and did made business calls, and I had interviews at the at Disney headquarters in Burbank and he was there with me and was always there he had to obviously rent the do the rental car cuz I'm not 21 yet 20 22 or 23 however old it is yet uh but they've both been fully supportive the entire time in fact the the dedication of my book which my mom likes to trot out I guess cuz she she's excited that I I mentioned them is in in thanks for the years of support Oh, Gavin, that's wonderful. I love the excitement in your voice. It is already time for a break for us here, but I want to acknowledge how delightful it is that you've involved your family and that they're all in it with you. It's just wonderful. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Gavin Doyle, the editor of DisneyDose.com and the author of Disneyland Secrets. We've been talking about really how he's been developing his business, his books, how he, how he's attached to it, why he's passionate. Uh, after the break, we're going to hear more about what he's going to do when he graduates from high school. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. We're all living in the moment, but you never know when life is going to take a unique turn. It doesn't have to be a challenge, but perhaps more of a detour to get where we need to be. On The Sky's the Limit, host Karen Levitt knows that experience, having faced it herself. Learn about her journey from a life-changing event to where she is now. Her guests are amazing people who are living these experiences and overcoming obstacles. Learn from their stories every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. 
Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. With us today is 17-year-old Gavin Doyle, the editor of DisneyDose.com and the author of Disneyland Secrets. He is also the host of Disney Dose Podcast, where new interviews with Disney Imagineers and others who helped create the magic are shared frequently. He joins us today from San Francisco, California. I want to pick up where we left off. We had been talking about just really how you've been developing your business, what it's like to be a kid in high school, all those sorts of things. Now I think it makes a lot of sense for our listeners to understand what's going to happen when you actually graduate in June. Uh, so the first question I have for you to, to kick us off is, do you plan to go to college? Is that on your radar, or what, what are you going to do when you get out of high school? So right now I'm in, in the midst of college applications, and I have one more test of the SAT and really just finishing all that up. And yes, I'm off to college for sure. I'll be... I'm really not sure where I'm going to go yet. I have incredible options in front of me. I'm hoping I'll get in. We'll see about all of that, but I'm very excited about all the options that are are there, stuff on the West Coast, a little bit over on the East Coast as well, Uh, but just excited to get a great education, and I've always just seen college as the step after high school. For sure. Now, what what do you want to study? Most likely, I'll be studying business or business and entertainment or business and language, uh, language being English and probably a little bit of minor minor in Spanish, a little bit to continue that study, uh, but with the end goal of wanting to end up in, in management for the Disney company. Okay. Have you already had conversation with Disney about this? Is this something that's on their radar already too, or where are you with that? You have to remember Disney is an octopus. I like to think of it as a huge octopus with <laughs> thousands of little tentacles, and no one, one tentacle talks to the other tentacle. So I try and go and talk to as many of those tentacles as I can and get to know the people in charge of those divisions or the subdivisions of each division and wanting to get to know their, the executives as high up and get to, as close to... Bob Iger, who's CEO of the company, as I can, uh, because I have, I have a dream of someday before I end the website doing an interview with him. But really, my goal is to work for Disney, and I, I've talked to quite a few people. I have mentors within the company, people who I see every time I go to Disneyland who are in management at the parks. And I have talked to them about coming to the parks, and they've started to give me advice on Make sure you take lots of public speaking if you want to be a leader here. Make sure you, we'll see about business school. Once you're at Disney, you can kind of, you're there. Once you have your foot in the door, you've worked hard to get here. They know so many things. I have one mentor who's been to business, who went to business school, another one who didn't. So I've talked to a lot of people at Disney to get advice. I continually talk with them on daily over email. So, but it's not really one talking to Disney. I really understand that. You're right. It's a behemoth organization. I think that your description of it being an octopus is, seems very apt to me, and I don't know anything about it like you do. But you, it did make me wonder when you were saying that there, Gavin. Now you've, you've got a few more months finishing up high school, then you're going to go into college. Are you going to continue Disney Dose throughout those, those schooling adventures? Through, through college, most likely, yes. Okay. And, and then what do you want to do with the business when, when you finish? What's, the, what's your thinking there? It's really four years off, and we'll see where we go, where we yeah. grow, how big our team is. We'll see it from that point. 
Yeah, I hear you. I mean, a lot could actually happen. A lot of things could come into play or out of play, as you say. And um, I, I could totally get that and appreciate that. You need to be nimble about that and flexible about that. Just curious if you had something in the back of your head. Nope, not, nothing to share. Okay. Um, one other thing I also wanted to bring up really quick, because it is impressive that you've been able to, to have a, a, you've been featured in an article that's appeared in such places as Forbes, Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, and the Los Angeles Times. I mean, that's pretty, pretty remarkable. How did that happen? Is it one article that just got picked up, or how is it that you're featured in those, those venues? A couple of different ways. There's a great service called Harrow, which stands for Help a Reporter Out, and it's a daily newsletter that comes out you can specific it, make it specifically to travel or overall hero. Um, and that's how I was featured in Forbes. This was years ago. It was back in 2010, I think. They quoted me, said, Gavin Doyle from DisneyDose.com says this about the new Disney stores because they had just done a whole new concept plan. And that's how I was in Forbes. Other places like the LA Times, BuzzFeed, have all just linked to articles. Many of them I've done, but many of the links have gone to uh, an article I did about the new Club 33, which is the only place in Disneyland you can drink alcohol, and it's a private club with dues over $10,000 a year. Mm, Wow. Wow. It's like a, a country club within Disneyland, basically. And again, who knew? I certainly didn't have any idea that existed. I wouldn't have any idea, and I've been there a couple of times. Right. <laughs> I don't think I want to spend 10000 though, to join, so I think I'll, I'll find a, a glass of beer someplace else. It's okay, though, <laughs> right? Find, find a friend, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, one of the things, I kind of want to go a little bit personal with you further as we were talking about with your high school stuff, because I can't help it, Gavin. I am a meaning and work researcher. I have studied psychology and sociology most of my life, and that's the world that I live in. I love to know what makes people tick. And and you certainly strike me as a very motivated and hardworking young man, and in fact, may very well redefine my notion of just what time is all about, just listening to what you what you say here and what you've done so far. I, I want to understand where does that all that energy and that motivation come from? I understand you're passionate about this field. I get that. That's beautiful and wonderful. But it seems beyond what anything you, anybody else might actually have. Where does it come from, do you think? That's a very interesting question. Uh, I've always just found you can just you can wake up, you have so many days in a year, why wouldn't you use those days to the fullest? I, I've just always, I've always felt this way, that you can wake up, you can get going, you, you have your really fresh amount of sleep. I, I always get between eight, well, the lowest is seven, but eight to nine hours of sleep a night. Uh, I, just so I'm up, I'm like juiced and ready to go, and... It's just you have to be excited for the day because if you're not, you have to have something that excites you in the day. So I have a lot of really hard classes this year in high school, but I look forward to getting home. I look forward to certain classes. I look forward to my work as uh, my rowing a lot of times. My um, my different things throughout the day motivate me. My my family motivates me. I can't give you one clear answer. I'd, I'd love to pick that out. I, I was thinking about that question. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things that does make make me scratch my head just a little bit, because I, as you know, I worked for your grandfather years and years ago, and he has also a, a wonderful spirit of life, like you're describing. I don't know if that's part of just maybe a bit of your DNA. I don't know, um, perhaps, but uh, it, it is, it's, it's, you know, contagious, and it really does. I do think it's probably part of what really propels you through all these activities is to have that that heartbeat that you are constantly connected to. It's it's wonderful to listen to and observe. I'll tell you that. Oh well, thank you so much. I, I tried to get as energized and excited before the the call as I could. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm so glad. I'd hate to think you were going to take a nap on me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would never. Do. I, I already did that in class. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. I do that in class, but <laughs> we won't say no, which teacher I, it was, right? I uh, go through the day just trying to be as excited about everything as I can because I just see everything as a new way to learn a new opportunity that will get me closer to new people, new opportunities, uh, working for Disney someday in the future. I've always just found everything as a building block, and I've learned, I've always heard from my dad to, you you work hard, and you just dig in and work hard, and you do your homework, you'll, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of just been my, like, I can do anything. That, that's still my feeling in my mind is, well, why, why can't I go over there and meet the CEO of this Fortune 20 company? And or this, this super high-up executive. And I, I still get really nervous with myself when I'm meeting people like Richard Sherman, who, who wrote so, all the music for Mary Poppins and all the, much of the stuff for that era for Disney, uh, or songwriters or people like Billy Crystal. I, I still get really anxious for that, but I, I live for those moments. And I think that may be another answer to what we talked about earlier, just a, a bit earlier about what drives me, is the incredible experiences I've had with this website, the, the people I've gotten to meet, the, the podcast, which I've loved every minute of doing it, every minute of talking to people, just hearing people's stories just invigorates you. And I've just always been found that those, those, those moments those watching the fireworks from the media seats or things, special things that I've only gotten to do because of this website, this podcast, this book, has made it all worth it. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I want to acknowledge what you said there. Just beyond, there's just a little bit of a subtle thing that you said there that I think our listeners will really appreciate because clearly you, you're a very accomplished young man already at age 17. The fact that even you get nervous or a little bit, you know, maybe butterflies in the stomach before you talk to some of these people should be encouraging to listeners out there who also would feel that way, but you did it anyway. And I really want to call that out because I think so much of what stands in our way sometimes is, 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 is allowing those concerns or that worry to stop us and not pushing past it. And I really appreciate that you are, you know, that you were able to confront that and just move on anyway. I love that about you. Well, thank you so much. That, that is something I hope I never lose. It's something that definitely has allowed me to meet people. Uh, Disney fans know the name Joe Rohde. He's a, a really high-up Imagineer who's worked there. I was able to do a one-on-one interview with him, which never would have happened if my dad hadn't been talking to everyone he met, if I hadn't been talking to everyone I met. Uh, and 
So for that reason, it's just so important to put yourself out there at all times. That's what I've, mm-hmm. that's what I've discovered. You never know who you're going to meet. Oh, it's so true. And, and that does cue me up beautifully for the next question I wanted to ask you, Gavin. And that is, I think you are in a unique position to maybe really, truly dispense advice for young people your age and a little bit younger and a little bit older. And I would, I would want you to maybe share just a little bit here. We don't have a whole lot of time left here, so maybe about a minute or so on this question. What kind of advice might you give to someone who's maybe contemplating the world of work and the kind of work they might want to do? What would you have them consider? I've always heard the the idea of if you do something you're passionate about, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think this is really true. But but you do also you need to know you're going to have those late nights and you're going to have those those really hard times when you're working so hard on something and people are asking questions and you're like, no, I don't have time for family time right now. I am doing, I need to get this article out. I need to break some news, whatever it is. And, but you need to realize you're passionate about it still, even in those times. And that passion will drive you then and it'll drive you in the fun times because every single job that someone or or activity that someone does that you're passionate about has a downside. And you need to find the passion that drives you enough to get you through those hard times and really just internalize it. For example, I, so I'm a rower, and I've always found that rowing is so difficult. We have these erg, erg rowing machines, which are everyone dreads the days we have those. We have erg tests on amount of meters we row. Well, I take Disneyland and just think about it. I, walk, I literally say, okay, I'm, I'm pulling super hard right now, but, okay, this pole is going to represent me getting up in the morning while I'm in Disneyland, and now these poles are representing me brushing my teeth and I eating breakfast and I going up and down the elevator in the hotel, and now we're walking. Okay, that's going to take 200 strokes. Let's go right now. We're going to walk from the hotel to Disneyland. Give me the 200 strokes. I'm saying this to myself. And I'm using my passion to do anything, anything in the whole day. Then whatever the difficult thing it is, you find that passion and let that drive you and don't let yourself, don't let that inner voice stop you. Oh, Gavin, what a wonderful way to close the show. We are out of time. That was a perfect way to finish. I really want to thank you for taking time away from your crazy business, busy schedule to join me today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, So what a wonderful guest. How inspiring. If you're not fired up and and inspired by now, nothing's going to do it for you, listeners. So (laughs) if you want to learn more about Gavin and his website, DisneyDose.com, please do visit him at www.DisneyDose.com. That's D-I-S-N-E-Y-D-O-S-E. What an impressive young man with a bright future has already done so much. Uh, Next week, we've got two women coming on the show from Leadership Women who are going to be sharing about this organization, its mission, and how they impact the lives of women all over the world. And so that will be, I think, another nice, fun conversation here with people that are at the other end of the spectrum of their career. But either way, both of these stories remind us, and from when I think about what this is important for the finish here, is that work is at least one-third of our lives. So let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.